with a very special guest, Vital Points 55. How's it going, brother? I'm good, man. How you feeling? I'm doing great, man. You know, I was just watching some of your content, getting ready for this show, and I think you bring something different to the prepper community. It's the survival information and motivation. I think a lot of people are lacking that motivation part, and I like commend you for bringing that to the table. Oh, thank you, thank you. I, I I just feel like it all goes hand in hand because if you're not motivated, then you're not getting anything done. Exactly. You know, I don't. It, it kind of blows my mind sometimes when people are of that mindset of the doom and gloom when really you should be kind of motivated by everything that's going on to get this work done. And I think you're a good reminder of that. So really, again, I commend you on that. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, Again, I, I just feel like there's missing pieces as far as, you know, with sometimes with the preppers, it's just like, hey, buy a bunch of good stuff and read some books. But, you know, some days, you know, we, we, we feel down. We don't want to do anything. And that day that, you know, you didn't go out, that, that was a day you could have got a good deal on, you know, some supplies you needed or met somebody that you might, that, that could have did something for you in the future. You know what? That's a good point. I watched your last video. And if you guys aren't following uh, Vital Points 55 on Instagram or any of the other platforms, I encourage you to do so. You mentioned that you work in retail. And right now, a lot of the summer stuff's going on sale. And when you said that, I took a big note of that and I wrote that down and I gave a list to my wife about things she needs to look for that are kind of going out of season, but will be of great, great use to us. And you mentioned uh, barbecue and all of that. We, I think we've seen across the country um, rolling blackouts and they're yes. talking about maybe power being down. And yep. I don't think enough people give enough credit to just barbecuing your food. It's so simple. Right. <laughs> right. Me personally, I, I love I love to cook out. You know, I always have more charcoal than I need. I usually buy it at the end of the season and almost always finding it for half off. But it's just being diligent about, you know, when you go to the store, just, hey, you know, you might run in there just to go get, I don't know, Advil. But then just walk the store, find those clearance sections. So many stores have the clearance sections and just walk by. And sometimes it's not something you need right away, but think about the future, what you might need that for. Right. And one, so based on your video, just paying attention and making sure that I did that, um, I actually came up at, I believe it was 75% off on multivitamins. <laughs> sweet, sweet. And they don't expire till 2024. So how good is that? Because a lot of the prepping food and stuff, like it's not a lot of nutritional value. So right. if you supplement that with your multivitamins, why not? Exactly. Uh, speaking of vitamins, one of my favorite spots is CVS, actually. I don't know if it's just timing or what, but every time I went, even up to last week, I go buy some supplements and vitamins. They always have to buy one, get one free. That's so, a deal. Yeah, that's a good deal. And they also have this um, CVS card where you pay it's like five bucks a month. So by the end of the year, you pay about $60. But then once a month, they generally send you a coupon for pretty much $10. Sometimes you get more discounts. So, you know, just looking on ways to save as well as, well as you know, when to buy these things. You just got to stay on top of it. Yeah, one of the things we've been working with talking about like ways to save is using our in-store credit cards because they'll give yes. you a percentage back exactly and I've, and I've had to get in the habit of 
I've loaded up my car with the groceries. I'm going to go pay that bill right now. So right. I don't get in the trap of owing that later on in the month. But I mean, I'm already at well over a few hundred dollars just in the last two months of being diligent about it. Yes. Uh, I've heard people tell me with, you know, with their cards, how they make a pretty good, <laughs> a pretty big um, cash back just from shopping. But it's, it's also being in a mindset because most people, you know, they grab out their debit card, which you don't get nothing back on. And if your debit card gets hacked, stolen or whatever, then you're out of luck for the next, what, seven to, well, no, I think they, they could send you a card sooner for the 10 days before you get an actual card. So, yeah, that cash back on those um, um cards, it definitely is a benefit. Yeah, it's a, it's really utilizing all the tools that are available to you. And then this is probably horrible advice, but at the same time, I'd much rather put a bunch of stuff on credit and let the banks fall if the whole system goes down than actually utilize my cash I have on hand. Absolutely, because they would do the same thing else. I mean, right. look what they I do mean, anyway. <laughs> if the whole economy collapses and, and we go into like a Great Depression 2.0, I'm not going to care what my credit score is. Right, right. <laughs> Did you see that? Um, I seen a post a while back how there's actually the IRS has plans of nuclear fallout. Yes. And they just <laughs> hired a bunch of agents or they're trying to hire a bunch of agents. 87,000? Yes. Wow. <laughs> so a lot of people have been kind of upset about that, but I think they're kind of missing missing the missing the message through the fall right. you know to right. me to me what are they going to do to us that they really need that many agents to enforce paying taxes 80s right i i, I keep saying the number cuz just say 90,000 round it out right right 90,000 people i believe they said don't quote me on it i think it's 15 i can't forget the the number that they gave of the actual taxpayers and then when you divide it, it's just like, I think it's like one agent for every 1,600 people or something like that. So that's that's a pretty big number when considering how they've been doing things in the past. Now that, so that's, a, that's based on the current numbers. So I imagine their workload are the new numbers. So I imagine the workload for those individual agents is maybe a little lower because you'd have to factor in the current agents, right? Right. So to me, they plan on doing something so egregious that people are going to want to stop paying their taxes. They're going to need people <laughs> to enforce it. But I didn't think of it that way, but that's a very good point. So, th so what do you think they could possibly do? Because <laughs> I, the only thing I could think of is that they would, the only thing I could think of that they would do to make people want to stop paying their taxes is to steal an election. Well, it, <laughs> Well, you know, um, I I can't put anything past them now, right? It's it, it's because again, as we're speaking about eighty seven thousand, who would ever think that you would need that much for what's you know? It's I don't put anything past them. I'll put it that way. <laughs> I yeah, wouldn't doubt it at all. <laughs> I've been just I've been just twiddling my thumbs trying to think about what the reasons for that were. And, right. and what they really think about. And that's the only thing I could think of is they're well, going to do something so egregious that people are going to say, we're not paying our taxes anymore. Now, exactly what that event is. I'm not sure. 
Um, but right. it's, it's, it's mind blowing. <laughs> it, it really is. And you know, as as they you know bring forth those news, that news, they always bring out something else, and then people really tend to lose focus of that's the big picture because. If you go to their website, I think they switched the term, the terminology they had um, <laughs> instead of using deadly force. But that was initially how they had it set that, you know, these agents, as you apply, you have to be ready to use deadly force. They're also, some of them is going to be on call. So it's like uh, IRS agent on call. And they will also local authorities with um, different um, uh, projects and stuff. So it's like, Okay, what exactly are you guys again? <laughs> yeah, I used to think because uh, early 2000s, mid-2000s, you would see, um, even recently, actually, if, if you aggregate it out, it's a ton. You would see all these crazy ammo purchases for the IRS, right? I remember. <laughs> and I used to think, okay, that's just where they're just using that money for black ops. They're right. just like putting that line item for us. That money's really those that ammo's really going somewhere else, right? But right, now, right. but now I'm starting to think, shit, maybe that ammo was really actually going to the IRS. Yeah, <laughs> it's um, I remember that 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 within that two or three time two or three year time frame that you're talking about. Yeah, I remember it was quite a few different agencies, even the um, I think even the postals. Postal Even police? the post office, yes. Yes. Okay. I know I'm not crazy because some things, you know, it's just so much happens. And then you're like, I remember, I think I remember hearing that, but nobody else remembers it. And unless you look it up, you're like, well, maybe I'm just overthinking it. But that's not the case. Right. So I just figured, hey, you know what? That's for the, the that's for the SEALs, that's for the army rangers. They right. just gotta figure out where to shuffle that money. But right. I'm not I'm not thinking so anymore. <laughs> it's it's yeah. You, you, I guess you hear me laughing a lot because I'm at the point now where it's, I have to giggle, I have to laugh because it is so ridiculous the amount, the audacity that they have now to do the things that they do, and then you know, you know they pretty much smack you in the face and then they tell you, hey, I was just giving you a facial, or I was tickling you, you know what I mean? Yeah, and then they're gaslighting everybody and they're pimping everybody is what it Far. is. They're, they're smacking you in the face, saying, "Nah, baby, I love you. It's cool. It's all right. It's all good." Yeah, I, right. hey, I need you to go to work though and pay your taxes. But you better right. fucking pay your taxes. You right. know what I mean? It's just, you get it. We're all getting pimped, is what it is. Right, right, right. It's it, it's it's still unbelievable. But you know, as I see, um, you know, I was in the break room. Everybody getting all excited. Football's back on now, right? Ah, yes. So you know, I'm not I'm not a sports fan. Right, you know, I used to watch sports back in the day, play a little here and there, or whatever. But I'm not a sports fan, and I don't watch sports. So, with not watching it, I have so much time to do other things. And unfortunately, some people that's really caught up, like that's their thing, they don't care about nothing else at this time. You know what I mean? Until that Super Bowl hits, that's the only thing on their mind. And I get it because everybody has their own thing. But we need those minds, and we need those people. Also to help us, you know, stand up to all this craziness going on. I agree so much. So in my work, I have to kind of be really kind of up on pop, pop culture and sports and all that. So I can right. interact with people on their level and still do my job effectively. Right. And 
one of the drawbacks to it is they have to play fantasy football and all that stuff. But <laughs> I actually kind of laugh because I've won a few years and I probably oh. le- I probably watch the least amount of football out of everybody. <laughs> and throughout the whole season and everything, I'm saying, hey, you know, that's really cool that was there's like 30, 32 things. 32 teams, right? Uh, I couldn't even tell you. <laughs> See, I think there, there's 30 plus teams. I know that, right? And okay. these guys will know every position, every player, and every single team. Yes. But they can't yeah. name their city council. Right. <laughs> Which directly affects them. Right. So that's a danger to our society. And I keep saying that all the time. I said, you know, society hasn't really collapsed. We haven't really seen the end of it. You'll know that we're in the death throes once there's no more sports on TV. Once the bread and circus is over. You're right. And you remember during COVID, right? You know, they were like, yo, they, they really needed that the sports teams to come back. And then you realize they started switching, you know, mandates and guidelines and everything started getting relaxed because it's like, if you have too many people thinking that's, that's a problem. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, there were, there was um, reports and stuff. Some of the non mainstream media sources, they seen uh, peak engagement during COVID. So right. I think what happened was they rushed back the sports. I mean, they were playing, you know, they got these football teams that a lot of the revenue depends on attendance. They were playing in front of empty stadiums because right, they, right. Ne- they needed something on TV to keep you feeling like things are normal and keep you distracted. So if that yep. ever goes away, that's when I think you're going to know it's really real. It's, it's yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> but yeah, man, it, it's, it's weird times. It's strange times. Um, other than the IRS and all that, what else is like on your radar? What kind of got your attention right now? I'll tell you, honestly, the IRS thing this week really threw me off. Well, of course, you know, they, um, former President Trump, they, they, they raided his, his, uh, his, his house, his, um, estate. And I was like, oh, okay. And then same time, cause to me, I, I feel like whenever they, they say Trump, you got to look the other direction still, because I feel like they use him or they just propagate him as such as big thing. So they could always do something on the side and people fall for it. People, everything, they draw all the attention and it's like, well, Trump, Trump, Trump. And I get it. I get it. You know, whether you're a supporter or you're not, you you just want to follow the story. But the IRS thing just had me like really scratching my head this whole week. Um, But other than that, on the radar was, of course, um, Trump. You know, you have all the fun stuff with, you know, the Biden administration. Like I, I, to me, it's, you know, lots of jokes to me because everything (laughs) that they do. Um, But another thing is, um, me personally, as far as radar wise, it's just really um, organizing for me personally, making sure everything is in order. You know, I moved a couple months back, and you know, as you move, you find stuff that you forgot you totally had. And you know, I was pretty happy with you know with what what I've you know put together over the past few years. But same time, you know, it's always something else. And then I found some items that I'm like, man, I gotta replace this, or I can't find this now. But as far as radar-wise, um, radar, I think it was just really that IRS thing just, just really, you know, had me fuming this week. And, of course, you know, they still have, um, oh, the next one that hardly anyone spoke about was a Google Data Center caught on fire. Did you hear about that one? I actually did not. Yes. One of the Google Data, um, data Centers caught on fire or whatever, and there was a short outage with um, Google 
you know, and that actually happens a lot. They have, you know, their shortages, you know, whether 30 minutes, an hour, everything. Is this every at one minute. of the places in Utah or where I, was it? I cannot remember. I cannot remember which state it was. Um, yeah, so I was like, oh, okay. And that's when I, whenever I hear something like that, I generally try to do a video, like, just remind everybody, like, hey, back up your information, you know? A lot of people have, you know, oh, I have it in the cloud. You know, if you know, if you really love those pictures the way you, you know, you, you say you do, put it somewhere else. Because the cloud, you don't physically have your hands on it. You know, I tell them, use a USB drive. I, I still like DVDs and um, CD drives, you know, if you happen to have a burner, because at least those, that you know, they're hard. And that can't, uh, when it comes to like a, a EMP or something, you don't have to worry about that with the DVDs and, you know, CDs or anything. Right, and but I think that's actually, you put that out on one of your po your uh, sim posts about um, the information, your driver's license, all that stuff. It wasn't yes. that far back about information you should have. So I myself, I have a storage unit that's off-site. Cool. And I have copies of that stuff, not in my house. Because like if we have a house fire, awesome. you're kind of screwed anyways, right? Right, so having, right. So I think, you know, whether it's an offsite storage, whether it's a relative's house, if somebody can give you like a tote of import or maybe just a file of physical important information that you can keep at your house, that's something that everyone should do. Yes, absolutely. I mean, if the grid's down, your um, your USB drive and all that stuff going to be pointless anyways. Right. <laughs> so you're going to kind of want some of that that physical information there. And I didn't I didn't hear about that um that Google stuff, but one thing you mentioned for so you just recently moved and you were kind of taking account of what you have. Yeah. So to me I've been thinking a lot about really taking personal inventory of ourselves because there's so much that we can get caught up in yes. that doesn't involve us. Like do you control any of the hiring at the IRS? <laughs> right no no right neither no, do right. i so, so right. that shit's in motion i can't do anything about it and if i waste too much time being angry about it i'm gonna lose that time focusing on things i actually control that actually affect me and i'm very trying good to point. Very right, good and I'm point. trying to I'm trying to work towards that um in, in part of football season and coming up and all that stuff. Like none of that shit really affects me. I need to focus more on what affects me. And that's where I'm think about my survival, think about what right. information, think about what my motivation is. My motivation is to survive. Right. And Absolutely. if the information I'm taking in is bullshit, then I'm not <laughs> I'm not really focused on my survival, right? I, yeah, no, you actually, you, and you hit the nail on the head because just today, you know, I caught myself driving home and sometimes I just turn off, you know, everything just so I could get my thoughts together. And I, I caught myself being upset about stuff that I had absolutely no control over. And I was like, cleanse, you know, I had to, I had to really, you know, consciously tell myself, stop thinking about it, stop worrying about it. And then I started work. I started thinking about what I need to do when I get home. And then everything went good. But that's actually a very good point because it could put you in a bad, a bad mood, a bad mood where you don't want to do anything, you know, but be mad for the rest of the night. <laughs> right. And I think, you know, the thing that's like really noticed to me in terms of that mood is, you know, I'll be over, I'll be stressed about stuff I have no control over and I'll start drinking or I'll make an excuse right. not to go to the gym or something right. like that. And I'm actually doing things that are detrimental to me. Right. When right. it's things I have no control over, you know, Absolutely. So I've been trying to focus more on that lately because as they say, your health is your wealth, right? Yes. 
and I know I know you're a big proponent about getting out there and, and doing things and being active and actually working on stuff. And and I've really had you in the back of my mind sometimes when I'm not feeling like I want to go do something. Oh, good. Well, thanks. <laughs> Just go out. Yeah. Well, I play me personally. Um, I started going back to the gym with the last two weeks now. Because after the move, and then it's a whole long story, and my hours shifted, and then I went. You know, that first that first week was it was hard, but every time I left, the hardest part is actually get, going to the gym, getting in the car, and getting there. Once you get there, I mean, me personally, you smell the funk, you put in the headphones, and it's on for at least half an hour, if not an hour or more. So you know, for anyone listening out there, just get in the car and just get to the gym, and you'll be happy later. Right. And that, and that all comes back to, you know, you're your first line of defense. Yes. You know, you got to be able to self-rescue. And one of the things, when I'm, whenever I'm working with somebody, you know, I put them to the test. I say, do you have a bug out bag? The, the obvious answer is yes, I do. Right. Right. And I say, you know, how, how quick can you hit a mile with your bug out bag on? I don't and know. <laughs> it's, it's never as close as they think it is. <laughs> right. You know, and, I, and, I, and I'm back on that myself. I, I threw my bug out bag on today and I hit it. I did a 5K, but I averaged 11 minutes a mile, which is pathetic. Really? With, yeah. With with a 20 pound loadout, I should be in the eight to nine minute range. Worst case scenario. But I eight was to nine minutes. OK. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a reasonable, you know, a 20 pound loadout, eight to nine minutes. I think it's pretty reasonable. But I was like in the 11 range and that's bad. Yeah, I, I, as you said, I remember I, um, you doing some videos in the past, and I keep saying, like, man, just fill up my bag and go take a walk. And I, I never got to it. But um, you inspire, you giving me the motivation to go ahead and do it now. You, you know what? The biggest thing I learned from it, too, wasn't even really the time or the fitness from it. It was the comfortability of that bag. Oh, okay. I actually had it, like, completely loaded out wrong. It didn't sit right. I needed to put the heavy, some heavier stuff at the bottom, some lighter right. stuff at the top. I needed to adjust the straps properly. And you don't know that stuff unless you're physically using your gear. Right. right. And Absolutely. so, you know, as we go into football season, one of the things I do every year just is kind of like a point of pride is I try to make sure I do something prepping-wise on Sunday before uh -huh. I shut it down and watch any football. Oh, yeah, good deal. You know what I mean? Just so I, I can say, hey, I'm in that mindset. Right. You did your homework. You're ready for class. Exactly. Exactly. Because, <laughs> I mean, we all need to relax. But at the same time, you know, did you earn that relaxation? Yes. I, I, I agree. And, you know, we have to, like you said, you know, we're our own first responders. And we have to hold ourselves accountable for what we did and what we didn't do. Ex exactly. And I don't think... Um, I think more and like, that's why I totally love the, the motivation part of what you're saying. I think a lot of preppers need to find that because I think there's a lot of complaining in the community versus a lot of like kind of motivation and upbringing and like, here's, here's what we are. Here's how we act. Here's what we do. And that's something I hope to cultivate over the next few years is kind of that motivation culture around prepping is like, Hey, yes. I throw on my bag. I go hit my ruck. Hey, I, yeah. I go to the range. I do my I do I do my drills. I'm at home. I'm doing my dry fire drills. All that type of stuff. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, prep, you know, prepper is pretty much hit mainstream. You know, so it's a matter of you know finding somebody on you know whatever social media platforms 
you know, listening to them, you know, frequently, that could help with your motivation. Because the average person, when you come home from work, you know, you want to wind down and chill and relax, not necessarily, you know, prep for things that might go wrong. Unless you're like us that really enjoy, do, you know, I'm pretty sure you love what you do. But you, you have to be in that mindset where it's just like, you don't know what tomorrow lies. And I don't expect, I don't plan on calling anybody because I don't know if they're even going to respond. If there's a mass casualty event, why do you think they're going to pick your house out of everyone else's, you know? Exactly. You know what? So mass casualty event, prepping, all that stuff. I, I try to ask everyone who comes on, what was kind of your catalyst? What was your thing that got you into this lifestyle? All right. Well, I'm going to start with, I'm a G.I. Joe fan from the 80s, okay? <laughs> the more I, you know? <laughs> Yo, Joe. So I've always, you know, and I've always, I've always been to, uh, into it survival one way or the other. I'm originally from New York, from Brooklyn, but I remember one of the books I loved the most reading growing up was a Boy Scout handbook. And, you know, I wasn't in the Boy Scouts, but I just loved the whole survival aspect. But the eye-opener was um 9-11 because I was actually, you know, I was in New York. And unfortunately, my wife was actually down by the towers. She was wow. a few blocks away. So, yeah, long story short, and then uh, my mom worked not too far from the end. I was, it, it really made me open my eyes. And I felt so helpless because it was just like, wow, we didn't really know what to think. And, you know, that was the early days of um Alex Jones too, right? <laughs> the real yes. early days when he had the website and, you know, he would talk on the thing. And he was the only guy that I knew about that was talking about anything, you know, other than mainstream. But after that event, it just made me think more. And I was already reading and knew what was going on. But as far as prepping, I just felt so helpless being in New York at the time, you know? And, and that, then, you know, that's a bad feeling. I, I've never been put in a situation where, um, I mean, like individually, yes, but as a massive whole, because I mean, I'm sure you were thinking more about the country than even yes. yourself at that point. Like, where are we going? Imagine what it would be to actually be there. Because when that happened, I was out on the West Coast. Oh, and, okay. And I, you know, I, I'm living in the Bay Area at the time. I'm watching it on TV and I felt pretty scared. I couldn't imagine what it felt like to even be in the vicinity of it, you know? Yeah. It, it got to the point, I think it was by the next day, you can actually, the, you could, it was, it was a stench in the air. It was, yeah. it, it was, it was so unreal. And like I said, it was, you know, I felt helpless. You know, my mom, she always, you know, liked to buy extra. She was never, not a prepper or anything, but it was like, hey, it's on sale, buy two or three. So, you know, from that mentality, I always had that, hey, have a little extra on hand. But it would, and, you know, I like the survival thing, but it wasn't until, you know, years later when I was like, I, I moved to move down south where I was like, nah, I'm going to start getting my stuff together. And then, you know, slowly as you start building, it, you just keep building and want it more. Now, you said your wife was downtown when that happened, like where it happened? Yeah, so she was actually, um, she's going to Pace University at the time. So that's a couple blocks away. So, yeah. And she was. She's okay now? She didn't suffer any oh, of the yeah. effects of the fallout? Um, I mean, she had to run across the bridge when everybody else was running. Um, she ran across the bridge. Um, then I guess she bumped into like two or three other people and they all like helped each other out. I think they had to climb one fence when they was on the bridge to get onto the walkway. Whatever it was, it was, you know, it, it was a it was an ordeal. And you know, it she she doesn't really like to, you know, 
talk mention about it too much, you know. Right now, when did you guys leave New York? That was, I think, it was two thousand five, maybe. So you missed the blackout that they had? Oh no, 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 no! We were there. Oh, that was. Oh my gosh! I don't know how I forgot that one. That was the next one. Um, was that after nine eleven? It was definitely after 9-11. That freaked exactly. me out, man. Seeing everybody just abandon their cars and start walking. Well, I tell you what, that was an interesting day too because I was talking to my wife and then she was like, um, and that was the landlines. And she was like, and this was before I had a cell phone. Did I have a cell phone at the time? I don't know. Um, we was talking and if she was on the landline, she's at work. She's like, oh man, the power went off there. But the landline was still working. And I was like, oh, the power went off down here. And we we're about like maybe 20 miles from each other. And I was like, tell them you gotta leave. I'm gonna come pick you up. For whatever reason, instinct kicked in and I drove down, I drove downtown. I went and picked her up. And then, you know, by the time I got down there, you know, it's like 40 minutes in, and everybody, you know, starts heading out to the streets and just you know looking like, hey, what's going on? And then um I was fortunate my sister called me from the city, and of course, no power, so she had to walk home from the city. And I told her, I estimated where, what time and where I would meet her at. So I was like, hey, meet me on, um, I think it was Empire, whatever it was. And by four o'clock, hopefully I, uh, I should see you there. And fortunately, it worked out perfect where it was just there. I picked her up. And then within like about maybe 15, 20 minutes, it started getting dark. And when it started getting dark, it was a different dark now because this is New York. And that's always lit up, you know? Right. So... When it started getting dark, it was a scary dark <laughs> because other than cars driving, there was no lights. No emergency so, lights, nothing. No, there was nothing. If there was any uh, nothing. There was only um other than cars driving down the road, and it was funny because you drove down certain streets, and you know people, everybody was outside, still trying to figure out what's going on. You know, some kids were just cheering when you drove drove down the block because they just saw lights. It was so. It was yeah. And I believe it was even three or four days that it actually went down. Oh, and the other thing that I did, like I said, I don't know, instinct just kicked in. After I, I spoke to my wife and I was like, I'm going to come pick you up. I first stopped at the corner store and I was like, um, you got any ice? He's like, yeah. I was like, how much you got? And I think he had like 10 bags and I took them all. And he was <laughs> like, well, go. And he was like, yeah, I'm about to close down now because he already knows. He's not staying open during no blackout. No, hell so, no. I grabbed, the, I grabbed like 10 bags of ice, threw it in the car. And that ice actually, it lasted about a day and a half. But, um, you know, and you keep the fridge closed, that's maybe two days. And I think by the third or fourth day, I think it was the third day or fourth day. I can't remember. And we actually went, we all just walked to the park just to get out the house. And then on the way back, uh, I remember seeing a car accident. Somebody, after the car accident, and it was just because they was being, um, they just didn't want to be courteous. They got in a car accident. Five minutes later, the lights came back on. I was like, no, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> now, see, so you have actually got to live through some pretty crazy events that most people prep for. So oh, that, oh, um, <laughs> you know, be, between a major blackout and a terrorist attack. I mean, that, oh. that gives you a, a lot of <laughs> a lot of knowledge, you know, it's interesting. You know, I mean, it's but, but for me, I'm a um, I'm on a, on the fly person, so I can think on the fly. You know, I would say that's one of my strengths that, you know, under pressure, I figure it out and I'll make it work and I'll make it happen. And, and you know what? I don't think because uh, I grew up kind of city, kind of rural. And I and okay. I think that's one of the things you get from growing up in the city. Absolutely. You have that on the fly 
quick reaction right. stuff that you're not going to get if you grow up in the country. Right, right. It, it's just it's just not going to happen. It's not going to be the same way. It's not because you have to be very aware and very, very present in the moment of like, oh, here's what I'm going to do. Here's how I'm going to fade this. Here's how I'm going to react to this. And it, that's a, I just, that's, I hope you talk about that more on your channel and stuff, man, because those are two big events that people are worried about between a terrorist attack and a grid down. And to have gone through those and stuff, and man, you could probably share so much knowledge from that. I'm sure if you dissect it, you don't even realize how how much you adapted to that situation. Um, it, As you're saying, I'm just thinking, I'm like, wait a minute. I was down here, but I ended up going back to New York because um, I used to do video before, like weddings and all type of stuff. And I actually drove down when it was, um, what do you call that? Um, Hurricane Sandy. Yeah. So, so I drove down when there was no gas, when it was hard to get gas. Oh. Uh, and then it was Hurricane Gloria, the snowstorm. Actually, I've been through quite a few things when I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but just thinking <laughs> about it. Like that, that major snowstorm we had a couple years ago, I remember... We end up having to drive through it. Well, we didn't have to, but they said, and I can't remember what year that was. It was the one when they set, shut down the Jersey Turnpike, and which that that doesn't there happen. Something, there's something vortex or whatever it was. I, I believe so. And I remember seeing a report, and it was like, yeah, it's going to be a bad one. And we were supposed to leave the next day. And I told my wife, I like, yo, we should probably leave now. She's like, but it's starting now. And I was like, no, I think we need to leave now. And we did. And I almost turned back because in the first 10 minutes of getting ready to come back to, to the South, I almost got in two car accidents. Ooh. And I was like, um, the brakes locked up on me and I slid right into the middle of traffic. And I was like, okay, now nah, we got to keep going. And I drove through it. That was the hardest drive I ever had. After we got off the turnpike, I think within an hour later, they shut down the turnpike. And then it was a very, very long ride home. It was just... A very very long ride home, but um, yeah, I'm glad you brought, you reminded me about that stuff. I guess I just threw it in the back of my head, like you know, it's just something that happened. Not really thinking I could go revisit it and see what I've learned. And see, you know, that's that's kind of the human condition. A lot of the trauma we're put through, we just kind of slough it off because, like, right. we made it, we're okay. But I think, you know, as influencers in the prepping community, I try to think about some of those traumas myself and try to, like, share my experiences. So that, you might have a lot of tricks in your tool bag right there now. now I'm going to start, um, I'm gonna start um, laying them out, actually. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. Oh, back in the 80s, I remember I still had my dirt bike. It was a trailblazer. I was, uh, we had Hurricane Gloria. The winds were, like, 50 miles per hour, I think. It wasn't, like, nothing too serious. I was outside riding my bike. That's <laughs> I don't. I, I, that's just me. I, I like severe weather. Whenever there's a storm or something, I generally just even if I just go in the back, I just kind of want to see it. You know. I do. I do know what you mean because during uh, we're out here in Texas now, and during Snowmageddon, I was one of the only oh. few people out driving around because I had to see it. I had to experience. Yeah, I had to see you know what I mean? <laughs> it yeah, is. At the time, I had a, a little Honda Ridgeline that was all-wheel drive, and yeah. it was it was kind of my, like, uh, big defining moment because a lot of the guys out here will tease me about that truck. I don't right. have a truck anymore, but at the time, they would tease me about it. But during, uh, during Snowmageddon, I was driving by them, and their four-wheelers all crashed out. 
<laughs> I'm like, right oh, how are you guys doing? Uh, I know, I know how to drive in snow, and I have a proper vehicle for it. I hope, right. you, I hope your two wheel drive ginormous truck is doing okay. You know, right, right. And by the way, it looks really cool, guy. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, it's totaled. <laughs> that, that was kind of bad, but no, you know, it's 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 interesting to go out in that stuff because I was super prepared for um, the vid. And and not being able to go to stores, but I had to go to the stores to see the chaos. Yes, and, I do the same. And I, <laughs> I went there not to not to buy anything, but just to see the empty shelves for myself right. and to absorb that energy and the panic and the fear in people because I needed to know that it was real. If that makes sense. Yeah. No. No. I I, I totally get it. It's just like um how it goes. Uh, you know, you see that bench. It says wet paint. Why do you touch it? Right. You, it says wet paint, right? It, it might not be wet. It might be, but everybody touches it, right? <laughs> yeah, and it's, you know, as I think the information came out, if you were aware of it, and we realized it was not maybe as serious as they were trying to make it be, I felt more comfortable going out. But, you know, initially, I was the only one leaving the house. Right. <laughs> and we did the whole sterilize everything before it comes in, all that whole thing, you know. And that yeah. was for, for only some essentials. But there was a good period of time where we just didn't leave the house because we didn't know. You know? Uh, I tell you, I was outside every week, at least once a week, shopping for stuff. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, I'm, let me see if I can find some, Um, you know, what was the thing at the time? Sanitize the thing, whatever. Let me see if I can find it. Oh, let me see if I can get some food on sale, whatever. And, you know, it was just, I would... I was out at least once or twice a week because I yep. just felt like I needed, I felt like I needed to be out there. Right. And I, I was super ahead of the curve. Like I was out, uh, I would bought masks and sanitizers in bulk in October, November. Oh. And I was, and I was warning everybody and I was going to the store with my mask and gloves on in October and November. And everyone was looking at me like I was crazy, you know? And right. then, and then you come March, I already what realized happened? come March. I'm like, Oh, but right, everybody right. <laughs> here was just getting scared about it. You know what I mean? Right, right. So like, Man, I was I was already over the fear when it set in. So that was kind of strange in and of itself. Right. And, and again, information, like so many people are tired of the news and I get it. So, you know, you don't have to watch it. You know, the 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock news, just, you know, download an app. Or just go to the local, you know, your, whatever, your ABC channel or an NBC channel um, on the internet and just look, the, uh, look at the articles that affects you or something, you know, that you might need to know. But you have to stay in the loop because, you know, they was talking about Corona for months before that. Nobody was paying attention, you know. Right. And then when it hits the Fed, then when the news tells you you need to go out and get sanitizer, guess they're talking to millions of people now. So... <laughs> It's already an effect. It's going to probably be already be hard. So I just always encourage people like, yo, just get your information however you can. Right. And then, so during that whole time period, did you, so where we're at now, like post, post vid, right? Right. Do you think more people are prepping or less, or less people? I think more people are prepping because I think it's just the tone of everything now. I think a lot of people subconsciously know that hey you know we got taken for a ride the last two years but don't want to admit it you know most people don't want to admit they're wrong but i think uh people started prepping a little more during and as you know things start dying down a little bit 
for people kind of, you know, step back a little bit, even though they're telling you there's food shortages and stuff. I would say, I don't think it was a great, I don't think it's a great increase right now. I think from uh, maybe a year ago, it went up. I don't think it's still climbing. I don't think the numbers are still climbing though. Yeah, I think they kind of plateaued myself, which is very surprising to me. Right. Considering how serious it got and how real it got for everyone, I thought that more people would be, this is my new normal. I'm going to make sure I'm ahead of the curve. But you got to remember now, you have your, um, you got football now. Yes. There's food. You could go out and you could drink. You could go out and still hang out. So it's like, all right, it's it's done. It's over. You know, it's not, it's not going to be that bad. So why should I prep? You know, the average person, you know, they don't, they don't plan, you know, for the next week, for the next two weeks. So no, it's just like. And they, they think about that comfort. Man, yeah, they're back to that comfort. And we shouldn't be considering, um. Uh, we're pretty much on the break of World War Three, you know. However, you want to, you know, word it or whatever. But there's a lot of internet. There's a lot of conflict happening around the world, and it's not just, you know, China and Russia. It's it's a lot of countries. And remember, a lot of countries, huh? A lot of countries. It's it's realer than people realize. Right. We're not on everybody's uh, favorite list either. So. Keep that in mind. <laughs> right now. Hey, so I know we're running a little long. I want to check in with you. Are you good to talk a little longer? Because I'd love to get in that subject. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a few more minutes. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So World War Three, in in my mind, how I think this goes is that um, China is the West Coast, but we allow it. <laughs> and on the East Coast, we welcome in UN peace troops. I don't mm. know what you see going on. What do you see happening? Interesting. Well, I'm just trying to um, think about what you just said. Well, interesting. Right. One on the left, one on the right. And you just kind of, oh, yeah. Um, what I see right now is I feel like, oh, before I, I jump on that, did you hear about the, did you read the article about the Nica, Nicaragua? Um, I always pronounce that word, that, that country wrong. They allowed, they said Russia could station some of their troops there. No, that's going to be like the new Cuban Missile Crisis for sure. Well, this was, and you know, and again, with news and information, I forgot where I read it, and I, I read it in a couple different places, and it seemed pretty reliable, you know? But yeah, then well, again, I believe that 100%. Now, on the same note, do you know that uh, Canada's letting China train in the winter up in Canada? <laughs> no, I haven't heard that one. But, um, yes. Right. So, yeah. So I, I feel like what's happening now is it's it's pretty much pick your team, pick your side, you know? And I feel like there's going to be a lot more aggression against the U.S. I feel like terrorism is going to come back like it used to be or maybe even stronger than before. Right. And as far as we, we definitely I don't see a conventional war, you know, oh, a bunch of troops here and there, even with China. Thing, there's so many other things you can do now, especially when it comes to cyber warfare. You know, you, you turn off a country's power or Internet or whatever. And, you know, you, you hurt them a little bit. And then you could, you know, you don't have to do like big, long, massive invasions. So I, I do feel like there's just going to be a lot of fighting all over. And I feel like a lot of aggression is going to be towards us. See, and I, and I may I may have misspoke and I didn't explain it right, but like what I think is you're going to have pe peacekeeping troops from China come in on the West Coast because there's going to be oh. some sort of, 
some sort of grid down, some sort of thing like that. And then they're going to get like European UN troops come in East Coast. Right. They're going to come in under the guise of helping us out because Russia cyber attacked us or something like that, which is going to be completely unprovable. But we're going right. to be told. But we're going to be told that's what happened as other countries come in to try to help keep the peace because the grid's down. Right. Right. <laughs> I, I do think, as you said, grid. I do think the grid is definitely going to play a very big role, especially in the U.S. As far as if they decide, you know, to come on this side, because you take that power out. I mean, people are scrambling. People are disorientated. It, it's going to be easy. Easier pickings, I believe. And I think part of what's going on, like in this country, there's so much division, right? Like, do Whoa. you really? I personally don't feel like being Team America right now. Do you? <laughs> no, there's, I feel like it's Team Cover Your Ass. <laughs> yes. Cause I'm not, I'm not dying for Nancy Pelosi to be president. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not dying for Kamala to be president. I'm not dying for anyone to be president at this point. So if we're getting invaded by both sides, it's going to be like CYA. All day. Yeah. That's All it. Right. You know, I'm gonna and be... I, would go as, I would go as far as to say, and I'm gonna interrupt you to say that I think certain things are gonna be allowed to a certain extent. Um as far as enemy forces or whatever's happening over here, I think yeah, they're gonna allow certain things to happen so they can let other things happen, if you know what I'm saying. I do. <laughs> I do. Um, I think I think we're gonna see a division of the union. Because of oh, stuff like oh. that. And you're going to have regional governors step up. And, you know, could you imagine if DeSantis said that, hey, you know what? You guys can invo invade the whole eastern seaboard, but you're not invading Florida because this is the, <laughs> the southern. You know what I mean? Like, people would get behind that. And right, it would be really right. weird really quick. Right, right. And, and people don't, people don't want to think that could happen. But, I mean, we're two days, three days away from that if you really think about it. Yeah. It is. And if the, if the right events it. happen. It, you're right. And the whole thing with everything is, it, it boils down to, you know, warfare in the brain, psychological warfare. You know, once they got your brain, they'll they make you believe anything. And that's what they did in the last two years. They made people believe some weird things. So this war is just going to, like I said, it's just going to be different. It's just some very, some very weird things. And, you know, people can get mad at me or, about it or not. And, you know, don't take it out on vital points. But one of the weirdest things to me over the last few years is the whole QAnon phenomenon and oh. how, how people bought that hook, line, and sinker. Now, <laughs> I'm very pro. I wish all that happened. But it's also but it's also very fantasy land to think that the FBI is going to go arrest Hillary Clinton and Tom Hanks is in jail right now. That's right. like so fucking delusional to me. It was unreal. And that, that's how I know I need it away from it you know hey, hey. yep they they know how to play the game they invented the game so yeah that you are was, the game where they exactly right <laughs> they are the game but you know it, you talk about um or i was just saying you know we're two or three days away from it i think one of the scariest things was that uh mar-a-lago raid was uh -huh. how people showed up there so quick so we were really at an inflection point whether people, I don't think anyone's talked about it until right now on this podcast. I haven't heard anyone say it. If you have, then you know, let me know. But could you imagine if Trump said that night that he's the rightful president and he needs everybody to uh, to rise up with him? What would have happened? Whoa. Well, um, 
as you said that, I forgot what state it was. They had some um armed sub, uh some armed protesters outside one of the FBI offices. Yes. Oh wait, that was one on my radar. When you asked me earlier, what else was on my radar? The the guy. Oh, I can't remember what. St- I, I think it was I, Ohio. I, so, uh, I think it was Ohio when he went to the. He went yeah, to the, went to the IRS. Office. Yeah. Yep, the FBI. Like, yeah, the FBI. <laughs> I was like, "Whoa, okay, uh, this is uh, the direction things are going, huh?" Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, he he's one. You know, he's not on Twitter or whatever, but for for lack of a better phrase, he he's one tweet away from from causing a full blown civil war. Yes. Yes. And I don't I don't think anyone in in my lifetime or in your lifetime has had that much uh, influence over the populace. No. And and no. whether you agree with them or not, I I'm, I'm not for the cult of personality. I'm not right. I don't want any one person to have that type of power. Right. And it is well, just it's scary times that we're headed towards. Well, we we already started with a very faulted uh system because the minute you divide anything, you're going to stay divided, you know? Mm-hmm. So if you start off with two-party government, to me, I, I still doesn't make sense. And I, I mean, I spoke to people about it, and they, they, they'll they tell you the weirdest things and why it should make sense. If you have one common goal and one common interest, why do you split it? If you have 10 people and everybody is stuck in the middle of the forest, do you break up into two teams? And then just maybe decide to go, you know, two different directions, or maybe everybody use all their skills together and try to find a way out together. You know what I mean? Right. Certain things you just need to have, you need to be together. So when we, whenever I hear about Republican and Democrats, I, I would be like, you know, it's 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 the same, it's the same thing to a certain extent because you can't have uh you you can't have united with if you already started divided. So it's like I don't see how we could ever get out of it. See, I understand you. I understand you a lot on that point, and I think that um, the thing that was supposed to unite us was individual liberties. Right. But then people people tried to focus on the collective liberties, if that makes sense. Yeah. So they didn't they didn't default to the individual liberties. They defaulted to like what's the collective liberty, and then they're arguing about that. Versus just thinking about, hey, you know, me as an individual, us as a populace, with these constitutional guidelines, what makes sense for all of us? Right. Because there's some stuff that just, you know, it's God-given, inalienable, inherent rights, right? Like the right to protect yourself, the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I think people get confused on that. It's not that you're guaranteed happiness. You're guaranteed the pursuit of it. You may, you, I didn't know about that. <laughs> you may never, you may never get it. You may never find it, but you should be free to pursue it. Right. I never and thought a, of it like that. And a lot of people get hung up on the, well, I, I have the right to happiness. No, you don't. You have the right to pursue it. <laughs> and, and, I, and I think that's where a lot of the division comes in is because they try to manipulate the, the mindset that you should be in. Well, everything you know? is all, everything is wordplay nowadays. Everything is wordplay. Right. That's like, it's like wow, but isn't that what you just totally okay? Yeah, I guess you change the word and everything changes, right? <laughs> right. You know the, and this is this might get people mad too. So don't don't be mad at vital points about it. And I don't know how you feel about it. We didn't talk about it ahead of time, but this whole uh, Roe versus Wade, they defaulted to the states, just like marijuana, 
just yep. like anything, just like anything else, it should default to the states. Yeah, because we, we live in a free country. You don't like whatever law they make, whether it's for or against what you believe in. Then right. just you have that freedom to change states. Just like my right. like people say, well, that that's not possible for everybody. I say for myself that I was in California. Right. I wasn't feeling how California was working, so I moved to Texas, which matched my values better. Right, and and, and and that's why you want some diversity within the u- union, so you can put yourself in a position to be where you want to be and pursue your happiness. Right, and and I would say for um, one of my motivational points is if you want something bad enough, you go, you are gonna go get it. You know, I, I used to um, when I used to manage. And, you know, people would make up excuses or something. Generally, younger people, they have excuses for this and that. And I would say, so let me ask you a question, you know, whether, you know, they came late or whatever it was. I'm like, so let me ask you a question. If I told you I need you to get to, um, up to D.C. by, you know, 5 o'clock, will you, can you get there? Yeah, I'll find a way. To, uh, they were like, no, nah, I can't. I'm like, what if I got $10,000 there for you? Yeah, I, I get there. Why? Because of $10,000. I was like, no, it's not $10,000. It's because you wanted to get there. You found right. a way to get there. So, like, you just moved from, when you moved from California, I'm sure it wasn't, like, easy picking. I'm sure you have to do a lot of life changes, but, and maybe struggle the first, you know, couple years or so, but you made that conscious decision where, like, I need to be gone. And that's how you got to look at it. If you want it bad enough, you just got to go after it. And, then, and that goes with anything, and you're, and you're so right. And I think that's what's missing for a lot of people, too, is just a passion. Yeah. A, pa- a passion to to go get something regardless of what it is, whether it's your, your prepping and just your passion to survive or whether it's a passion to provide for yourself. There, there's something missing with like our generation down to the younger generations. And I think it's just sucked out from us, from the TV, from the football, from all that type of stuff from the very beginning, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, if, if you're not around like-minded individuals, don't expect to get too far. <laughs> hey, that's very true. Well, you know, I've I've very much enjoyed this conversation with you. I Likewise. hope I hope that you could come back and be a repetitive guest with me. It's been very easy to talk to you, and I've enjoyed it so much. Um, I think that you're probably one of the most underrated preppers on the the prepping sphere. So I Appreciate hope it. people who I people who I hope people who listen to this could go out and find you. So where would they find you at? Um, I'm on all the major platforms. Yeah. You know. Well, I, with the exception of YouTube, I kind of stepped back from YouTube. Uh, they added a couple of my videos and took them down, and I kind of felt the way. So I need to get out my feelings and get back on YouTube. But <laughs> you can find me on Instagram and TikTok. That's where I'll post most of my video content, VitaPoints55. Um, just Google me. I have, you know, quite a few channels going on. Um, again, thanks for having me on. You know, I've been following you for a while. Um, and my takeaway from tonight is I need to um, pack that rock bag and go on a hike. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Hey, you got to put in the work if you're going to talk about the work. That's how I feel about it. So, Absolutely. I would definitely love to come back. Um, again, thanks for having me. No problem, brother. Thank you. You guys, Vital Points on Instagram, all the social media points, Vital Points 55. Check them out. I'm going to link them on this uh, podcast. I'm going to link them on social media. This episode we're recording a little early is going to drop on Wednesday, like always. So, brother, thank you again. I really appreciate the information, and I enjoyed the conversation. All right. Look forward to talking to you again, man. Be safe out there. All right. Thank you. All right, now.